Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. It's week 12 in the National Football League, and that means the high-stakes playoffs are here. Here we go, guys. Red versus blue is next. One bleeds red, and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Mike, we didn't see this coming. No, uh, he's been uh, 
He's been real solid with uh, Eli Manning. I mean, they've been able to hook up week in and week out. Uh, and you get that injury, and, you know, it just uh, it changes the whole scheme of things, uh, especially, uh, well, you know, I want to congratulate those that uh, that are in the playoffs this weekend. Uh, you know, that, that that's an awesome accomplishment. You should feel good about it. But imagine those that are in the playoffs this weekend that have Hakeem Nicks that have uh, relied on him week in and week out, and it's gonna it's gonna make things difficult. And I hope they have a good enough bench. But uh, it it does make things a little difficult. Uh, you talk about injuries, uh, injuries just continue to happen, and uh, yet yeah. the league wants to make it a eighteen uh, eighteen week season. <laughs> that that's that a, don't that's make sense. Yeah, that's something else. I, I, we're going to talk to Dustin Ashby about the owner of the World Championship of Fantasy Football later this evening. Uh, Mike, uh, let, let's give everybody an update on uh, the red versus blue radio team that's in the World Championship of Fantasy Football. Uh, we did make the playoffs in that brutally tough league with uh, several great, great players in that league. Uh, Dave Gerzak, Don Thompson, John Culligan. It was just an absolutely loaded league. And we, we drew to the fourth spot. We landed Adrian Peterson from four, so we were very excited about that. Uh, we came back with Jamal Charles and Pierre Thomas, so we bombed on the third-round pick there with Pierre Thomas. Came back, and actually I love Crabtree and Nix, and I put Crabtree on draft day a little ahead of Nix. So I grabbed Crabtree at 4-9, came back at 5-4, and took Hakeem Nix. Now, when I got Nix, that was one guy I wanted to back up, so I drafted Mario Manningham. So, Mike, I lose Knicks, but but I have a little bit of insurance here in Mario Manningham, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start him this week, obviously uh, against my opponent, the number one seed uh, that I'm that I'm facing off against. That's I, I tell you what, I would not want to be the number one seed with top points and best record. That's a karma thing waiting to happen uh, when you get to actually choose your opponent, Mike. Oh, you. That is, you know if you pick your opponent, that's the week that guy's going to go off for a time point. I love yeah. this. I don't know if I would have the guts to pull the trigger. How about you? Yeah, you know, I don't either. Uh, but, you know, I would like to uh, like to have that opportunity and sit there and say, well, this is who I want to play. Uh, you know, the one thing about uh, Nick's being out, and uh, if you have Manningham, uh, Manningham's going to be the number one this week uh, against Jacksonville at home. Winning over and under is 44 and a half. So that tells me that, uh, you know, it could be it could be a type of situation to where, you know, the guy's not the same guy, but yeah. he's going to fill in and do just as well possibly. Yeah, he, he, he looks like he definitely has that potential to be one of uh, Eli's uh, trusted targets this week. We'll talk about that matchup here a little bit later in the show as well. I had a very tough situation where I was – it's interesting, the, the leader in the World Championship of Fantasy Football in my league, he had uh, Jason Hansen, the kicker, on his team, and he spent with, uh, in week nine, he spent his last 21 bid dollars on the Detroit Lions defense over Seattle. So he wasted every one of his dollars on the Detroit Lions defense, did not back up his kicker. So, Mike, he's actually in the World Championship, the championship uh, round against me, and he's playing without a kicker, so he's already at a disadvantage. Now, I was hoping to maybe really rack up some points on there. I had Folk and uh, actually Connor Barr from Tampa, who I uh, dropped Chris Ivory for a couple weeks ago. That was a brilliant move. 
I have. So I, I went ahead and started Nick Folk, and I got only a six-point edge. Uh, he missed that, or he made that kick. They called a timeout and iced him last night, and then he missed it. That would have been an extra four-and-a-half points, which would have been crucial to this game to really get a ten-point spot. That would have been nice. He had Pettigrew. I've had questions on the tight end position all year long since we drafted Brent Sellett in the sixth round, which total bust. Uh, we did draft Hernandez and Gronkowski later on in the draft, and so we've had them all year. And I started Gronkowski. Luckily enough, it was a flip of a coin. Mike finally got one right, right and Gronkowski got me uh, about as many points as Pettigrew. So I'm up six points right now. Two players to two players. It's going to be a it's going to be a brutal matchup. I'm, I want to talk about that uh, a little bit later in the show. Well, real quick, Scott. Uh, you know, I'd like to comment on the uh, the last week waiver wire, uh, which was. Yeah. You know, last week, I mean, m- most of them, uh, you know, if you're going to back up anything, you don't need to back up a defense. You need to back up right. a kicker. And, yep. uh, you know, you can get the worst kicker that's out there, but at least he's probably going to play uh, because, you know, if you're getting a team defense, well, you're good to go. You're going to get something, maybe one point. But, I mean, heck, one point can make a big difference. And if you uh, back it up with – if you back yourself up with a kicker, then, then you have something to uh, rely yourself on. So, you know, that that kind of surprised me on that. I've never been a big fan of uh, backing up the kickers until this year, until it finally burned me. And once it's burned you, let me tell you, you will never make the same mistake again. I mean, depending right. on a very, a very um, you know, uh, roster issue that just you cannot do it, I, I would actually, like I said, I dropped Ivory as a Pierre owner. I dropped him because, you know, my running backs are pretty set right now. Knock on wood. Let me find some. Uh, old yeah. tale there, uh, because I have Moreno, uh, Charles. I, I got Moreno in the seventh round, so we've got Charles and Adrian Peterson there. We've been starting Ben Roethlisberger all year. Now I'm going to be starting Crabtree, so let's hope on Monday night that, that they can break through that uh, that defense. We'll talk about that also. But, look, let's talk about the JETS, Mike. On Thursday, uh, Revis Island is alive and well. Mike, T.O. was shut down. I call it a knockout. That's a that's a knockout for Revis. Three catches, 17 yards. Uh, he he's done this now to four guys. He did it to AJ. He did it to Jennings. He did it to Calvin. And now look, he just showed T.O. how an average corner plays. Mike Darrell Revis. The next couple of matchups here, he's got Brandon Marshall possibly, Mike Wallace, Steve Johnson, and he's got Dion Branch next Monday night. Mike Welker and Gronkowski could be huge next week. Yeah, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a huge game. Uh, you know, it seems like to me that uh, the Jets, uh, they, they squeak by games, squeak, squeak by games, but, uh, you know, they pretty much handled Cincinnati, uh, you know, with no problem last night. Uh, you know, I, I just – I like the way they play, but I, if I'm a Jets fan, i still got to be concerned about the fact that these games are just a little bit too close, and you do not want too close of a game uh, – when it comes to playoff time, I mean, I know there's still a lot of weeks left, uh, you know, in in the in NFL. But uh, you know, I just I, I have question marks. But then again, they win. They keep on winning, and uh, you know, Rex Ryan he he doesn't make any excuses about it. He says, "Look, we're winning." So they're doing yeah, well. They're, they're W's. They go into the they go into the the stack column as a W every single week. They don't go into it any other way. So, so they are getting. I agree with you. Shot callers in the chat room. He said it. They they looked awful last night. Absolutely, the offense looked putrid. It was three and out after three and out. 
and they're going to have to get things turned around. I'm really kind of glad this happened from a psychological standpoint because they know they have to play better to beat the Patriots. But let's, let's look at this real quick, and then we'll move on to Week 12. Jets beat New England the first meeting. The Pats have no running game. They have a weak defense, especially at the defensive back. The Pats running back is a Jets cast-off. Offensively, the Pats have a slant to Wes Welker. That's about it. The home field advantage they have, Tom Brady got the edge over Sanchez, but I call it advantage Jets, all right? Uh, Revis is going to lock down uh, Branch, like we said. Uh, Welker's going to get his. Gronkowski will get his. But I just think this defense has a lot more going for it than the Patriots. Defense wins championships. The offense, I'm thinking, will get enough going. And uh, San Antonio Holmes look for another big day. Maybe Keller will finally get it going. He's been lost. Uh, but uh, that's that's my prediction for I next Monday. Let's go. Go ahead. Scott, real quick on that game. Uh, you know, until New England proves me proves me something wrong, uh, I'm having a hard time going against these guys. They, there's no stars except for uh, Will Brady and uh, Welker. Maybe uh, they just get it done, and they get it done continuously. I know, it was, I know, it's Detroit, but Detroit, uh, you know, they, they stomped on them real quick yesterday, and it was like. You could see New England saying, well, no big deal. We'll, we'll take care of things. And they have different role players that are doing different things. And this team just amazes me. Yeah. All right, man. Well, look, uh, the big story this week with Brad Childress. You're fired! Yeah. He was fired. And uh, Leslie Frazier's in. Far has been struggling. Does get He did get Sidney Rice back. It, uh, this matchup is definitely good for Harvin, but Peterson, look, I think Peterson's the lone bright spot here. He was second in the NFL in rushing. He's almost got 1,000 yards. He's averaging 4.6 yards a carry. He's got seven touchdowns. Minnesota heads to Washington to face, let me see, the 29th-ranked pass defense, 280 yards per game. The Redskins are giving up an average of 27 fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. That's third most in the NFL, Mike, so... Look for this game to uh, really get out of hand with Percy Harvin to rebound after a two-week stretch. He says produced much, not much at all. I'm, I'm looking here, six catches, about 75 yards. And then you've got Sidney Rice, Mike, and this is the intriguing situation for me. He had three catches, 56 yards on 10 targets, and I watched this game. He Favre's definitely in a funk. He's only had a one touchdown, four picks thrown over the last two games, and those were both losses. But Rice, he looked like he knocked off a uh, half a year or so of rust on that game. And the, the Redskins pass D, they're just they're, – they're, they're an embarrassing bunch. They did play better against Philly, but this team is not doing well uh, against the wide receivers. Carr's been playing poor. I get that. But I look, I look at Sidney Rice, and if, if he can get that jump ball like he had last year, we'll have to see if he has that still in his game. Uh, but if but if, if I think he could put up wide receiver one uh, numbers, I think yeah. I would put him in your lineup if you're if you're hurting. You know what? I, you know I do too. Uh, Sidney Rice could be a viable option, uh, big time. The, the one thing that just uh, screams out at me is, look what happened when Dallas let their coach go. Uh, let's face it, uh, Chile, he has not been uh, he he's not been warm in uh, Minnesota. Uh, they want to get rid of him. I, I see these players playing with, uh, you know, some pride and I would say some urgency as well. Uh, they're they're not going to make the playoffs, but they don't want to embarrass themselves either. And I think there's a big load that's been taken off their shoulders uh, when uh, Brad Childress was let go. And, I, 
you know, I, I think they're all going to play well. I, you know, I would take anybody from Minnesota at Washington, uh, whether it be uh, Favre, uh, Sidney Rice, or AP. I mean, all of them uh, I think are viable uh, and good options for you to take in uh, fantasy football this week. All right, Mike. Well, look, we are very excited to bring on Dustin Ashby, the owner of the World Championship of Fantasy Football. It's the competition that we all love. Uh, Dustin, welcome to Red vs. Blue, my friend. Hey, guys. Good evening. Uh, you know, happy Thanksgiving to, to both of you guys. Thank you, Dustin. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Yeah, thank you, Dustin. Happy Thanksgiving. We had a uh, great weekend here in Indianapolis. It's, it's just now getting started. Uh, Saturday, college football. Sunday, the big games will get going again. And, uh, Dustin, i got to tell you, as far as the World Championship of Fantasy Football concerns, there's not a more exciting week than Week 12. It's when it all gets real. The playoffs are here, and we've got these one versus four seeds for the most part. Can you give us a little uh, sneak peek behind the scenes? How many how many one seeds uh, that you know of chose to go at it against somebody else this week? I'll tell you what, it seemed like there were more one seeds this year than last year that opted to uh, to change their opponent. And, you know, I heard you mention earlier, it's kind of a, it's a curse almost, isn't it? I mean, it just as a fantasy player, do you want to pick your poison? I remember the year when Glenn Schroeder, King of Queens, and our 25K Platinum League had the option when he first started this process, and, and he chose incorrectly, and that cost him a, a good chunk of change, you know. So in the main event, we had a good 25, 30 teams, it looked like, uh, actually changed their opponent here in Week 12. But, this, yeah, you're right. This is when the whole thing gets started. This is the party right here in, in Week 12 and in Week 13. Well, I can, I, I, can, I can justify it this year, and maybe just because of all of the injuries that are impacting these great lineups. I mean, when you look at the injuries we've had with Romo, Stafford, and now you've got Young and Penny and Alex Smith, and then you have the, the wide receivers that have just been falling like flies, Dustin, and Knicks and Steve Smith, and then you had T.O. on Revis Island. I mean, if you saw uh, that you were going to play a team against T.O., you, you'd probably jump with that this week. So maybe, maybe some of that's coming into play. Well, I think so. And then your point about the injuries, you know, to impact players, uh, Hakeem Nix, and I think he's on your team, if, if, if I'm not correct, in one of the main events that you're uh, you know, still alive in there in League 10. You know, Hakeem Nix owners have to be just devastated to the extent that he was such a huge impact in their lineup all year long. And Nelson Sousa, who's led our main event since week four, he has Hakeem Nix on his team. And, you know, you've got some depth, it looks like, a wide receiver. Nelson, not quite as much. He had Lance Moore, fortunately, for, for his team score some points there on Thursday, uh, you know, in that football game. But, yeah, Hakeem Nick's owners. But, you know, it's one thing to have an injury to a key player, to a, to a key position like wide receiver, running back, where you traditionally you go out and get some depth. But how about these kickers? I mean, guys, you know, kickers getting banged up. You don't want to, you know, build depth in, your, in that kicker position. But right now you're almost forced to. Yeah, the Gostkowski injury uh, burned several, several owners. And now you have Hanson going out and, you know, you mentioned Nelson Souza. I want, I want to bring that up because I look at this leaderboard, and the top names are at the top once again. You've got Sousa. You've got Tim and Brad Cruz. You've got Kenny Lavely, Dave Gerzak, Robbie Brown. Look at these names. Chad Schroeder, Ian Ritchie. All these guys are top 50. And then I keep scrolling, and I see K.J. Duke, Don Thompson. You've got Kimra and Yates and Lacey and Loveless and Kaganowski. I mean, it, it just boggles my mind here. What does that say to you? about the skill component of this game, Dustin? 
Well, I'll tell you what, when people look at our contest and go back to 2002 and you look at the players that have played year in and year out across a variety of different formats, and once we really started beefing up the satellite leagues, I think it really started to get evident to, to people that, look, there are really good fantasy football players out there, and, and there are people that you can bank on year in and year out to put their team you know, in contention. And, and you guys are, are just the same. I mean, look, you had a rough year in the wins and losses, but you built a team that knew how to score points. And at the end of the day, when you get into a format like this, you've got to be able to have that firepower. And there's, there's two ways to get to the playoffs. One's via the wins and losses. The other's the, the, you know, the, 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 via total points, and you can better predict you know, scoring points in fantasy football. So, but it's fun when you see these guys year in and year out they're consistently at the top. And, again, I think it demonstrates that there is so much skill to this game that we all love so much. And, and I'm going to go out on a limb here. The skill-luck debate, I, I, I put the luck at about, uh, you know, 20%, maybe maybe a little higher, maybe 25 But when you look at this, uh, this game we play, what importance do you rate the draft versus waivers versus maybe lineup decisions? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, the draft's pretty darn oh. important, but when you see guys like Steve Johnson coming out of nowhere, the waivers become pretty important, too. Well, it really is, Scott. You know, Scott when you look at the league and, and the first-year players that come into it, you know, a lot of first-year players, they can survive the draft. They don't kill themselves in the draft. They don't maybe build the depth that the better players can build via the draft, but they can get out of the draft and not kill themselves. But it's then when they get into the season and they start to figure out how to manage that waiver wire, that's where the first-year player, the second-year player, really seems to struggle in the World Championship of Fantasy Football. Again, not saying it can't be done. Kenny Lovely, a few years ago, he did it in his first year. I mean, it can be done, but that's where you see that learning curve really start to take, uh, take, you know, take role. And then at, at the end of the day, when, when you look at building a team, you've got to be able to build that depth. And because you have so many injuries in the National Football League, because you have so many, look, unpredictable matchups. You've got teams that they thought were going to be good that all of a sudden weren't good. I mean, look at Randy Moss, first-round pick, total bust. You can't predict that going into the season. So you've got to be able to build that balance, build that depth, and you do that via the waiver wire, but you've got to learn how to manage your money. And the better players, they seem year in and year out to be able to do just that. Yeah, I, you know, I totally agree, Dustin. Uh, I've been looking at uh, one of my local leagues that I drafted in, and, uh, of course, I had Randy Moss as a second pick. And then, uh, you know, I went went down with Javid Bass as a fifth pick. And my whole team has been uh, totally restructured via the waiver wire. Uh, but what you said uh, makes a lot of sense because you have to be able to manage your money so you don't get into week 8, 9, 10 uh, with uh, no money left. So as the season goes along, you, you almost have to prepare for injuries and and see who might get hurt. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, that's almost what you have to look for. Well, you're right. And, you know, and the teams that win it all, it seems like, they get it right. They made the big bet on a Steve Johnson. They made a big bet potentially on a Mario Manningham later in the year, and it worked out for them. I mean, look, Mario Manningham was not rostered on every team. He was actually a waiver wire selection here a few weeks ago in many leagues. So the guys that were able to get a feel for that, and, and, look, that's where there is some chance. You, you roll the dice. You hope you get, you, you, you get it right. At the end of the day, who would have thought Steve Johnson would have been the breakout player that he is here in 2010? So, you know, there is some, uh, some opportunistic elements to fantasy sports and fantasy football. But to be able to have the resources with your money, to take some risks, and then have that pay off, that's where it pays off big time, where you can potentially pull down the, you know, that nice $300,000 first-place check. 
Right, and that's Doesn't where have... that's where it's not luck. It's where it's like, look, I not, you know, I I, I I figured this thing out, and I'm I'm going to go after this player, and so that doesn't become luck. So, you know, going back, Scott, what what you were saying, that, you know, is it luck? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, it's just uh, it's uh, forecasting, so to speak. Yeah, I've got. I've definitely got to get better at uh, looking at that player like a Steve Johnson and saying, does he have it, or maybe a Brandon Lloyd? Does he have it? Because sometimes I look at that and say, hey, I've seen him for the last couple of years. I'm not that impressed. But then the guy that that goes ahead and maybe is in a little bit of a more desperate situation takes a bit on a guy like that, and, and you know, all of a sudden he's got one of the top ten wide receivers. Now, we're listening to uh, Dustin Ashby, the owner of the World Championship of Fantasy Football. He's our guest here on Red versus Blue. Uh, 347-324-5404 is the number. Our, our lines are actually full, but, Dustin, I've got a couple of other questions here that I took from the from the message boards. Look, really, it's a flawless start to this season so far, Dustin. I mean, very you know, kudos for that. No issues with waivers or anything. It's just been a great year you guys have had. So uh, congratulations for that. Now, you had one thing come up earlier in the year that was, was a little bit uh, uh, difficult situation for you and, and possibly, you know, the – the players here, the Andre Johnson situation, where he was accidentally dropped. I think it was Andre. I, I know there was a precedent before. How hard was that for you? Oh, it's tough. It, it's really tough because, look, you, you, I think anybody, any reasonable person realizes that you don't want to drop Andre Johnson at, at the end of the day. And, and, and Andre Johnson hasn't been the only player that's been dropped. You know, last year was Miles Austin in the league, and there's been several different situations throughout. Sean Alexander going way back when, when, when Lenny and Amel were, you know, were, were, were the commissioners of the, of the league. And, and it started way back then, really, as far as the precedent. But, yeah, that, that's tough because, we look, as fantasy players, we, we don't want people to, to lose their top pick. I mean, in baseball, it happened to us as well. And so it, it's very, very difficult. But at the end of the day, we can't go in and discern intent. And in that situation, again, anybody who's reasonably smart, we know that Andre Johnson was not meant to be dropped. But we've got to be consistent. We've got to keep ourselves out of the competition. And, you know, look, in the rules for this very reason, we say, please double-check your, your waiver wire bids, you know, the system, the software. It's there for you. Take a second. Review your bidding. You can see it right there in the system. That being said, look, many of these guys are managing 15, 20 teams. And, and look, we have a life to juggle as well, right? So we're not all that fortunate to, to be able to live and breathe fantasy football 24-7 like I am at times. So, at the end of the day, we're, very, we're, we're sympathetic to it. We're going to do everything we can to help protect the players, while at the same time, though, not taking away the advantage for the better player. Dustin, the, uh, the lockout seems to be hanging over our heads like this big black cloud over the 2011 season, and especially for you guys, the operators of these contests. What are the plans? What are your thoughts on the hotel, the venue, uh, you know, passport prizes, and and satellites over the summer. What, what are your thoughts on this lockout, and what are your contingency plans? Well, we're very close to, to the NFL relative to our, I guess, as far as the information. So we feel good about that the conversations they're having are good conversations. That being said, look, these guys, the leagues, whether it be the NFL, the NBA, MLB, they've all proven at times to be very, very stupid and to make bad decisions and, and, to, and to put their feet in concrete. So, look, there is a chance that there's going to be a disruption to the, to the football season. That being said, we fully expect there to be a decision. It may be a later decision as to they're going to play football, which could, yes, impact the scheduling for many fantasy football, fantasy companies. We're going to take a very bullish approach. You know, we're going to, of course, offer a full refund to anybody who wants to 
do a satellite like you know we start in may don't forget we have satellite leagues kicking as early as may so right. you know, we're hoping right. and expecting people to want to draft football in may and as a result of that we'll draft our teams draft our leagues those that want to play and of course if we don't have football you know we're going to have full refunds for everybody for that matter right but we want to stay bullish we want to be able to enjoy the sport as far as the hotels the properties we're very fortunate to have you know, to have had many good partners in las vegas and atlantic city orlando and chicago and each of those properties, those venues for us in 2011, have been, are very understanding of the situation and will make uh, concessions to us relative to if we have to get out of an agreement, we can. Again, we don't expect to whatsoever, though. Okay, Dustin, I, I have one real quick question for you, um, and it's regarding the lockout. There's a big difference between a uh, lockout and a strike. Uh, I remember uh, a few years ago, well, more than a few. Uh, it was a lockout and not a strike. And uh, basically what happens is the owners are locking the current players out of their, uh, the, the agreement. Basically it's the uh, those that are under the NFL union agreement, they cannot play, but the scabs can. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm looking way off in the future here. And if if there is a lockout, there's going to be football games, and will will some players be involved in uh, you know some scab type players in, in a draft or or have you're you looked at that? Like, you're saying maybe like the XFL or something, Mike. I, is that, I think that's what he's trying to say, Dustin. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, no, I'm just saying just... there's going to be a lot of players that's going to be involved because when they had the uh, scabs. What, 20, 25 years ago, I mean, they were right. playing. Well, and, and we don't see the scab issue being, you know, the, the protocol or the process they're going to take. Now, sure, should, could it happen? Yes. But based upon what, you know, what, what, what we're hearing within the NFL and the NFLPA, that's not going to be the path that they're going to take. But that being said, should that happen, you know, that, would, that would definitely add some complexity to how to approach the season when you're drafting guys that you have no clue who, you know, who they really are, for that matter. But you know, at the end of the day, we're excited about you know them hopefully making a decision sooner than later. At the same time, we have all the contingency plans in place, plan A, B, C, and D, and, and then on down the path based upon when they make a decision, how they make the decision, and what that and what that actually is. Good deal. Well, we're 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 uh, like I said, it's been like a black cloud, but hopefully we can move on and get back to football when it when this all gets settled. In. And we heard some really good news uh, earlier this week, so we're really excited about that. You know, last year, uh, as we look back, Dustin, in 2009, the players that really made the difference were Jamal Charles and Sidney Rice and Mike Sims-Walker. When you look at this year's crop, uh, who stands out to you as the guys who, you know, obviously Arian Foster, maybe Peyton Hillis. uh, Who are the guys that are really standing out to you that look like, man, these were the guys that were on these championship team squads? Well, yeah, of course, yeah, last year it was all, you know, it was Jamal Charles. And, you know, this year, as far as the guys that we're seeing consistently on the teams that right now are, are at the top is, yeah, Arian Foster is definitely up there on many teams. Peyton Hillis, you know, Arian Foster right now is on six of our top ten teams. You know, just as an example, Peyton Hillis on four of our top ten teams. And those two guys by far are the, are the heaviest weight. To, and, you know, Terrell Owens, he's, got, he's on four of the ten teams, for instance, that right now are in our top ten. Now, we're going to see a lot of shuffling here pretty soon. You know, Tomlinson's have been a big key for guys this year as well. He's on five of our top ten. But we're going to see a big flip here, as we always do after week 13. We take our average score from weeks 1 through 11, take our average score here weeks 12 and 13. So, you know, while Nelson Souza has enjoyed that top spot, 
you know, since week four, it, it's safe to say we're going to have a new number one here, you know, entering week 14. Now, relative to who we think that could be this year, you got to like Fred Jackson right now. You know, he's getting the opportunity there in Buffalo. His schedule's not too bad the rest of the way. I wouldn't be surprised to see Fred Jackson potentially have the opportunity to be this year's Jamal Charles. Fred Jackson definitely has been uh, running hard between the tackles. Uh, he had a nice run last week that I saw, but this week it's definitely against Pittsburgh, right? That's a tough matchup. Uh, after after being heavily involved, uh, this is this is a much different situation. I think they're the best defensive front in the NFL. They only allow about 60 yards per game, and they've only given up four rushing TDs in 10 games. That's second in the NFL. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of thinking that maybe this might be the week that you have a Fred Jackson. You're like, man, I don't know if I can I can put him in my lineup or not. Very well, but look, he's got, he's got Minnesota week 13, I think Cleveland, if, I, if I'm correct, week 14, at Miami in week 15. And you got to figure where those teams going to be. The Patriots in week 16, I'm not scared of that. So, yeah, once you get past right. the Steelers game, I like his matchups, you know, going forward. Now, of course, you know, fortunately for him, the Jets, the defense, your, your team there, you know, that's week 17, so who cares about that? But, yeah, the Pittsburgh matchup this week's not good. But the other four, I'm not worried about. Dustin Ashby is our guest from the World Championship of Fantasy Football. The time goes by too fast, Dustin. Thanks for being on Red versus Blue, man, and and uh, good luck to everybody playing. Hey, my pleasure, guys, and thanks so much for the time. Thank you, Dustin. All right, thank you. That was a lot of fun. Mike, Dustin Ashby of the World Championship of Fantasy Football was with us. And, uh, man, this is the week, man, week 12. It, it, the, these leagues of uh, 12 get dwindled down to four, and now this week they get dwindled down to two, and then, you know, if you can make that championship game, that's a lot of money back in your pocket. So, you know, these leagues cost about, I don't know, around 1500 to play, right? And so if you can win this Week 12 game, Mike, you come out of here as a $1,500 winner guaranteed. So that's all I'm, all I'm looking to do is get past this week, and it's not going to be easy, Mike. My opponent is starting Hillis, Gore, and Foster. And wouldn't you know it, when you go to football, guys, and the rankings there for David Dodds and the crew over there, the top three running backs this week, Hillis, Foster, and Gore. So he's doing that, and then, uh, you know, he's got Michael Vick. Okay, we've been used to seeing Vick with 50 and 60 points, right? We've seen that. Uh, his wide receivers, he's been attacked with some injuries as of late. He loses Mike Williams this week, but he replaces him with Devon Best. And, you know, with Devon Best, you've got Brandon Marshall out. And so all of a sudden, Devon Best becomes a, a hot name. Now, Mike, wouldn't you know it, in this game, Devon Best, for, for those of you listening at home, this guy, this is his hometown, okay? Devon Best gets the start in his hometown in Oakland. Now, he's got a couple hundred friends and relatives. I said a couple hundred friends and relatives coming to this game. We don't know if it will be Henny or Thigpen. They've been splitting reps with, in practice this week. But this is a game where he gets Devon Best in his lineup, Mike, and he, I don't think he's going to skip a beat. This guy's going to get the ball. He's going to be heavily involved. Well, you know, I – I got I got to disagree with you, Scott. Uh, I think he will be heavily involved uh, to a point, but uh, you know it takes it takes a quarterback to throw it to you. Uh, Oakland is a pretty good team. Uh, they've already shown it this year. Uh, they're not giving up, and uh, you know whether it's Hanny or Thigpen, I, I I don't I don't see much happening out of this. Well, they're talking about it in the chat room. Again, Vic, Hillis, Foster, and Gore. His, his wide receivers are Evans, Bess, and Hines Ward, and he started Pettigrew as well. So, again, he didn't get a kicker, but that's only six points. I only got six points out of Nick Folk, so I've got a six-point edge on him. 
heading into this game, and, and it's going to be interesting. Marshall, it doesn't look like he's going to even make the trip. He's not going to even travel against the Oakland Raiders. You can kind of, you can kind of mark him off the list. Now, Mike, well, I, will, I, get I will say this. Um, Peyton Hillis, he's gone against a couple of good defenses, and he's gone against weak defenses, and every week he's showing the same thing. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he gets a lot of things done for Cleveland. And uh, I think Peyton Hillis is not just a must-start, but, uh, you know, do whatever you can to uh, – th- this guy has 20, 25 to 30 points, uh, fantasy points written all over him against Carolina. Yeah, let's bring on Vince Bartman uh, from the Fantasy uh, Football Players Championship, the Football Guys Players Championship. He was he was drafted in that red versus blue radio on-air draft. Do you remember that draft, Mike, where we drafted on the Absolutely. air live? And it, was, it was the biggest show of the year. Uh, Vince Bartman joins us as the number one seed in that league. Vince, how are you tonight? Doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Hey, Vince. Hey, guys. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic to have you uh, on the show, Vince. What an incredible uh, effort you've put up in this league. Uh, I tell you what, there were a lot of people that may have, might have doubted you <laughs> simply because of the, the name recognition here, Vince. You know, they look at the names, and you're going against guys like Lenny Papano and, and Lou Tranquilli and, and all these big names in the industry. And, you know, Dodge is on the show with us, and he's breaking down the draft, and you've got all these names, and here you are. Uh, Greenwood Invincible saying, okay, I'm going to draft my guys. And what did you do? You started off with uh, Frank Gore, didn't skip a beat. You you, you drafted um, Jamal Charles and Job at Best. And talk about this team. You've, you've really put a t- together a team here that looks like it can make a run. Well, I mean, one of those things when I got into the first round, I mean, everybody, I, I drew the first pick. I was hoping to get into that top four, cause, you know, thinking you got the four elite running backs. But when I drew the fifth pick, it, it kind of came down to, okay, who am I going to take? you know, Andre Johnson or Frank Gore. And when we got in there, the, the first big surprise was I see Andre Johnson go at number three. So I'm thinking, oh, wow, now I'm going to get one of these backs to fall to me. But the one I didn't want, because, you know, my gut told me Ray Rice wasn't going to have a number one pick year, and that happens to be the one that falls to me. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to take a lot of heat on this, but I'm going to take Frank Gore over Ray Rice. And sure enough, you know, everybody's like, how can you pass on Ray Rice? But, you know, um, that turned out to be great for me. And uh, coming back the other way, I see uh, Michael Turner and Jamal Charles are both coming back down to my pick. And uh, Michael Turner goes one pick before, so that leaves me with Charles. But I'm still thinking, you know, I'm targeting, you know, running backs that can catch out of the backfield. You know, that's, you know, in a PPR league, that's critical. So I figured with my first two picks, you know, I'm sitting pretty good at that point. Yeah, you actually had some real tough decisions this week to make, uh, and it wasn't something that I admired because when I looked at all the cheat sheets, after I saw your decision here, I looked back and everywhere has Mark Sanchez as a top ten quarterback this week against yep. the Bengals, and you had him and Eli, and you put Sanchez in the lineup. And and it burned me. But uh, I, I just wasn't sure how Eli would do. I'm even a Giants fan, so that was that even broke my heart even more that I had to bench him. But uh, I, I wasn't sure with Nick's out – that Manningham and Hagen would give him the firepower to put a you know type of points and Sanchez you know 25 points three weeks in a row going against the Bengals secondary, I thought you know I, I, if I'm going to roll the dice here this is the place to do it and didn't quite work out the way I'd hoped but uh, still plenty of time to come back. 
Yeah, and then you've got this beast that is Dwayne Bowe on the team. Again, an unstoppable force here, 10 touchdowns in the last four games. And not only Dwayne Bowe, you've got the darling right now, Steve Johnson. What do you think about this matchup that he has this week? It's not going to be easy. Pittsburgh doesn't allow a lot, but uh, they, they can get thrown on a little bit. Yeah, you know, and that was one of the things, too. You know, one of my weaknesses I know coming out of the draft was at wide receiver. You know, I, I came out with Bo as my top wide receiver, thought, you know, that would be pretty good. Didn't work out real well for the first, you know, four weeks, but then he bounced back and he's, you know, really caught on fire. You know, but when I was going out there, you know, week five, I'm looking up there, okay, who can I go out there and get that's going to really bolster my wide receiving core down the stretch? And, you know, I took a flyer on Steve Johnson, got him for 38 bucks off the waiver wire, didn't even start him. The first two weeks I had him, he goes off for 25 and 28. So it's like that. seeing all those points on the bench kind of kind of <laughs> tore me up a little bit. But I uh, yeah. got him in there, haven't benched him since then. Going up against Pittsburgh, I don't, you know, just the way he's been playing, I feel like he's going to get his points every week, you know. Whether it's, you know, it's Pittsburgh or whoever, you know, the cop guy you can't really bench. Yeah, very difficult. Now, you've also got Santana Moss. I'm sure this was very difficult because he's a, he's a game-time decision with the hamstring. It does sound like he is going to play after not practicing because of knee soreness on Thursday. But he was back on the field today. Shanahan said he expects him to play, but the final decision won't be made until game time. The good thing is it's a 1 o'clock game. So uh, what, what are you thinking here, Santana Moss? Who's your other option in case something goes wrong? Well, I've got Devon Bess on the bench, who's going to be the number one for Miami this week with Marshall out. And I've got Steve Breston, who Derek Anderson seems to love this year. Um, not oh, yeah. top-notch options, but, I mean, those. I'll probably put Bess in there if, if for some reason, Moss can't go. Um, you know, so it, hopefully, I mean, he catches a lot of passes. So, I mean, going with PPR, he's, he's going to get you He's going to get you about ten points just from catching passes, hopefully. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's it's a tough decision. That that, uh, that third wide receiver oh, you're, spot is kind of You're loaded, place. man. You're loaded. If you've got the same amount of Moss plays, you're right. He's in. Because Keelan Williams, the way I yeah. look at it, He's going to have to work for his yardage against the Vikings front line there, and it's yep. not a strong option. So I'd expect Donovan McNabb to throw and throw a lot, which bodes well for Moss and Cooley. Right. These guys and, should get a lot of targets their way. Right, and the Vikings secondary hasn't exactly been world beaters lately. So I mean, you know, the people have been able to throw on them. So and Moss being Moss being that top option there, you know, with with Cooley taking some of the pressure off him, I, I think he'll have a good day. Okay, and you have Tolbert in there too as well, right? Yes, that that was another that was my first big free agent acquisition for this year was getting Tolbert. You know, I I, I kind of um, I had drafted uh, Jerome Harrison, which of course busted for me, and then uh, uh, drafted uh, uh, somebody else in there. I I can't remember who it is. Long gone cut, and it's like so I got out there and I spent like half my free agent dollars to go out there and get Tolbert and. That's paying off dividends down the line here because it looks like Matthews isn't going to get in there for another couple of weeks. So uh, going up against the Colts defense that struggled against the run, I'm, I'm liking that matchup. Now you're going up this week against a good friend of the program, uh, Orman Rose, Coach Rack, and you went up against Owens and Welker. So that's the points that they got out of that. That's kind of a kind of a you avoided the big game that could have happened from the combination of the two. And so you kind of average about 15 points. He's on pace for about a 140 week. Yeah, and he can, I actually played him last week uh, in a game that really didn't mean a whole lot to me other than points. Um, and I, I beat him by 50 because my guys just absolutely went off. But I, I thought, man, I really don't want to have to face this team again because he's got some good guys. 
You know, and the Welker points hurt me a little bit, 29, but I was glad that Owens really didn't do a whole lot. That really kind of saved me, especially with Sanchez not doing a whole lot. So, I mean, I, I like my matchups the rest of the way, and, and uh, you know, he's got uh, he's got a few guys in there that I think I can make up that point differential on him. And uh, if I, I figure if I get around 160, 170, I should be pretty good. Well, we're we're excited for you. That was a fun league that we had. We had a good time commentating that draft. That was all a real kind of a learning experience for all of us this year to see where these tight ends would go because it was the year of the tight end. And and there was no denying that the tight ends were drafted earlier than ever before. The one thing I didn't put down on your lineup here is your tight end. Who who do you have and, and who's it been this year? It's been Tony Gonzalez pretty much all year. I had uh, Jeremy Shockey and Tony Moyaki to back him up. I I was really uh, hoping Moyaki would continue that streak early where he's catching a touchdown in, or in 30 yards pretty much every game, but that – that kind of fills it out. So it's been it's been Gonzalez pretty much all year. He's been steady for me. Um, hasn't hasn't been a world beater, but I mean he's been getting me consistent. You know, in the ten to fifteen point range, um, and with you know hasn't gotten hurt. That's the big thing with all the big tight ends going down. I think that's been the the key for that position for me all year. Yeah, yeah well, we're, what, uh, what's been funny, Vince, is that uh, talk about Moyaki. Uh, he was uh, he was pretty solid there. Uh, real quick, and then once Bo got hot and the Castle Bo uh, uh, connection started happening, then Moyaki uh, he's kind of taking a back seat. So it's been it's been pretty tough with uh, tight ends this year. He's been dinged up too, him and Shockey. So you haven't had a lot of a lot of help to go on there. But look, Mike Tolbert, he's going to get a ton of work as the Chargers try to control this time of possession. This is a a 51-and-a-half point over-under. You can expect that San Diego is going to try to run this ball down their throats. Matthews is already doubtful. Look at this injury line. Look at this injury list here. Wayne practiced today, but he's questionable. Floyd's questionable. Matthews, Mike, he's doubtful. Collie returned to practice Thursday. It looks like he's going to play. Adai has been limited, and now he's doubtful. So Donald Brown again gets an honor for the fourth time. I tell you, he looked good. 17 carries, 68 yards. He, he, he gets the receptions, too, three for 40 last week. This is a, just a mess on both sides of the boat. you got Vincent Jackson coming back, uh, and that is pretty exciting for Vincent Jackson owners. But I, I think Mike Tolbert, if I had to pick one guy on both these teams other than Rivers and Manning and maybe Tammy, it's Tolbert. That's who I want. So so I think you've got the right play here with Tolbert. I tell you, the one guy I would be scared of, and it's crazy because I've got this guy. I've been watching him all year, and I've been absolutely pulling my hair out, Vince, and I'm sure you are too, is Jamal Charles. Here yeah. is Haley. He starts Thomas Jones the entire game, and we don't see Charles much until about the second half, and then he's asked to do something, and he always does. But it's very scary. If you're a Charles owner, halftime, you're looking, and he's got like two points. Yeah. Yeah, and that was killing me last week because I was watching the game. Cause I, I live in Kansas City, so, you know, I mean, it, it was like, I mean, what what does he have to do to get the ball? He's only, like, averaging, what, you know, five, six yards every time he touches the ball. You know, and, and what's Jones done the last two weeks? He's gotten, like, 30 yards on, like, 15 carries. So, and they're going up against Arizona, who, you know, everybody's saying, you know, great matchup for the run. They're, like, 29th against the rush or whatever. And it's like, what does a guy have to do to get the ball? It's It was just, I was pulling my hair out, yeah. Yeah, Seattle's definitely uh, one of the worst. Against, I'm, I'm hoping that Charles gets it going early and Haley just kind of, Let's Thomas Jones uh, be kind of an afterthought here, but I, I don't know. I'm not going to hold my breath. What I like on the other side of the ball doesn't really affect your team as much. It's, and, and, Mike, I know this is your guy. I saw you scooping him up in several leagues. Ben yep. Omanu, 
He's got an established rapport with Hasselback. Now, I, I think he's a good. I think he's a good player here. Dion Butler's capable of some occasional big plays, but I don't think he can be counted on like Obamanu uh, will, will be. This is a guy. Right. Look, Hasselback's been hot. And this is a great matchup. Hasselback's thrown for over 300 yards in each of the last two games. Uh, that was against Arizona and then New Orleans. And during this hot streak, Williams has seen like 25 targets. And so, so with Mike Williams out, the top two running backs with Forsett and Lynch, they've collected about 18, 20 targets. Williams was the most valuable wide receiver on the roster, but now it becomes Obamanu. And it's the second straight game as a starter. He looked really good. Uh, he made a good jump on that deep sideline mole, if you saw that. And he's gonna, he was working the slot, and now he's getting to put in that slot. Let's see what he can do. But he's going to get a lot of targets. Ten catches doesn't sound out of the equation when you're talking about how many times Seattle's going to have to chuck it against Kansas City. They have a good run deep. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Scott and Vince, I, I'm very anxious to see if he can uh, duplicate his 19-point uh, uh, fantasy performance uh, the way he did last week. Uh, you know, Kansas City, they're only a two-point favorite. Uh, the over and under is 44-and-a-half. Uh, but, you know, these guys are starting to connect. And this guy, he may not be the dynasty guy that you want, but he, he could be a filler. Uh, if you need a wide receiver, too, then this guy could be it because he's already shown it. He's worked hard. And, uh, you know, against Kansas City, I, I could see a, a big play happening uh, to where, you know, I mean, he could be a part of it. So, uh, oh, look, Casey is very suspect, that defense, against the, against the past 25th in the league, 13 for 182 to opposing wide receivers. That's what they've allowed in their last six games. They're giving me a hard time in the chat room. Is it, is it Obama new or is it uh, – how, how do you say that? Obama new, is that what it is? Obama new. I don't know. Obama <laughs> maybe. I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't pronounce Sadie originally. To do. Yeah, that was Azira Azira Tutu. Yeah. Hey, Vince, I'm in the league. Uh, the FPC. Uh, I was in the on air. You kicked my butt in that one, right? Yeah. And now, uh, and now I'm in the. Uh, I was in one other on air or one other red versus blue uh, football guy uh, FPC draft. Uh-huh. And uh, so I'm hoping I can get up there with you. I'm starting Vincent Jackson and Sidney Rice this week. Hakeem Nix went down, so I've got B. Jack, Sidney Rice, and Deshaun Jackson, along with Goran Rivers. Uh, We're rolling back on those wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, to, to have those guys coming out uh, late. I mean, Nix obviously is hurting everybody right now, so you can't. Yeah. What can you do? But this, this is a big money week for us, man. Yep. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm looking forward to. It. I've. I, I was I was shocked. I, I actually started off with less than 100 points in my first game, but ended up being the only one over 1,600 in, in that league. So um, I'm hoping that it keeps a roll this week. It's being to that uh, league championship game. Well, and I think David Dodd put up another extra little prize there. I'm going to have to refresh our memory, but he did put up something for the winner of that league, right? So I think he put up something for the, the biggest one-week total, which I missed out on that by like 10 points last week. Scored like 194. And, oh, okay. Uh, Fantasy Mojo has it right now with 204. So, but uh, maybe if my guys go off again, I'll be able to. He said he's having it going through week 16, so still got a couple more weeks to claim that. Well, everybody, uh, get to know the name Vince Bartman, Greenwood Invincibles, uh, FTC on air draft, the red versus blue draft. Good luck, buddy, and we'll uh, we'll be rooting for you. All right, thanks, guys. Good luck, Vince.
Mike, that's a, that's a good guy right there. Vince Barton, and, uh, again, a new name uh, that we hadn't uh, become accustomed to yet with all the names that we saw in that draft, and here he is. He just does his business, and, and, and he's, he's in line to take this uh, take this thing down. It's a tough league he's in. Uh, it's a tough matchup that he has. He left Branch on the bench, but, you know, you can't blame him. I I left Branch on the bench. You you look at Branch with all those other options he has. You can't you can't predict that. So uh, he's got a he's got a very solid squad to have that kind of depth. That that shows you that he's he's watching that team closely throughout the year. And he put in um, he made a lot of good picks. Yep, absolutely. And uh, you, you know it's going to be fun to watch uh, this week how he does, and uh, you know wish him all the luck, and uh, as well as all the other ones that are in the playoffs. I mean, you know that's that's a big week. Hey, let's bring on another friend of the program here. Uh, I've seen this uh, fellow here on the chat or on the uh, on the switchboard here for a while. I've wanted to get him on. Jim Perone, are you with us, my friend? I'm still here, Scott. Awesome, man. Well, good to, good to hear from you. Jim Perone, four sports uh, from the High Stakes Fantasy Veterans. Um, we've got uh, you're you're in a you're in a great situation this week. Talk to us a little bit about uh, your team that you have and, and the decisions you've got to make. Okay, well, um, probably the best thing that happened to us was be, being able to pick up Arian Foster in the third round. We were not targeting him at all. The guy we wanted, or the guy we thought we wanted, um, went the pick before when the guy took Ryan Grant. We took Foster um, to round out what our first two rounds were, which was Calvin Johnson and Reggie Wayne. We put wow. up 217 last week. and Wow just rocketed into that number two spot. Um, Steve Johnson, a guy on our roster, we got him in the week five for $73. Um, You're in Danny Wood, Yeah, Danny Woodhead was our first pick, and we got outbid on Woodhead, picked up Steve Johnson, and that's probably really made our season. Um, yeah. Mike, Mike, these are two of my favorite guys here, Jim Perrone and Chris. These guys have built a monster of a team. Let me read this team off to you. Castle. Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, No Sean Moreno, Arian Foster, Reggie Wayne, Calvin Johnson, Steve Johnson, and Chris Cooley. This team could win it all. Yeah, I'm hoping we're eighteenth overall right now. Yeah, that sounds solid. Uh, Jim, good good to talk to you. I appreciate uh, all the uh, all the different uh, <laughs> uh, survivor pools that you run and everything, and uh, you know. It's just uh, it's fun to talk to you, and uh, I wish you luck, man. Yeah, thank you, Michael. I know you're in a bunch of them, and I don't think we've ever talked. So this is a nice way to do it. Yeah, yeah, he definitely. Yeah, uh, we we love the survivors, Jim. Uh, hey, we're gonna get we're gonna get going, and good luck to you the rest of the uh, rest of this week, man. You're you're looking good to, to round that. Yeah. We'll be watching you real close. Well, thank you. We got a tough matchup. B Waz put up uh, 192 last week, so this is definitely a tough one. I wish you guys yeah. luck in what you're doing, and hope you had a great Thanksgiving, guys. Yeah, right, Billy. Too, Billy. Jim. All right, Jim. Take care, my friend. Look, Jim's got Jim's got to play uh, Roddy White, Mike. Who leads the NFL in catches, by the way? Wow. Uh, would that be Roddy White? That'd be Roddy White, Mike. Very, very intuitive of you. He leads the NFL with <laughs> 79 catches, ranked second in receiving yards with over a thousand. He missed practice Wednesday with a sore knee, practiced on a limited basis on Thursday, but he was a full participant in practice today with this knee. Now, it's a huge matchup, Mike, versus Green Bay. Ryan is 18-1 and one at home. He's won 14 in a row there in that dome. So, uh, look, 
Mike, Drew Whaley from the Bleacher Report, I was reading an article, is he says that Matt Ryan is a serious MVP candidate. Agree or disagree? I totally agree, and I'll tell you why. Uh, he is, he's got this whole team together. Uh, if Michael Turner is having an off game, no big deal. He can go with uh, totally uh, run, or, uh, throwing the ball with uh, Roddy White, and Matt Ryan, and they call him Matty Ice for a reason. I mean, he's got ice water in his veins, and this guy is really good. And, you know, it's funny because while you were talking, I was just thinking, man, this is one of the best young quarterbacks we've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and look, man, third year, 63% through 10 games, 2,500 yards, 18 touchdowns, five picks versus Baltimore, the game that I watched really closely. 300 yards and three touchdowns, I agree. I think he is an MVP candidate. And, and this game here will really do a lot to catapult his, his name up here. Now, let, let, let's get going a little bit deeper here, Mike. The, the other big news was obviously Vince Young. In comes uh, Rusty Smith, 6'5", 230 pounds, six-round pick from the, for the Tennessee Titans. Vince Young is out, and this kid is in from Florida Atlantic. Now, my good friend Perry Van Hook wrote an article at Fantasy Freaking Football he says, give Randy Moss a shot this week because if you look, he did throw a touchdown to Moss last week. It was called back, of course. Uh, but he, he, it was a little bit of a physicality there. Moss pushed off and he got it. What do you do with Randy Moss this week if you have, if you have like a Goodson or maybe a, uh, no. like a John Stewart to, to choose from? Do you throw Randy Moss to the, to the wind and give it a shot or do you let him run on your bench? No, he's he's on my bench. He's on my bench. That's nothing against Moss. It's just in the situation that he's in. Uh, it you know it don't matter what situation he's in. It just seems like it's a bad situation for him. Uh, is that on his own accord? I don't know. But uh, there is no way. Uh, Chris Johnson will have a huge day. Uh, so I have no uh, I have no interest in starting Randy Moss. Yeah, I hear you, Mike. Now, look, I'm gonna. We got about two minutes left in the show. This is what you fear drafting Antonio Gates this high is the injury. He's a big question mark, and the very unfortunate part about this is it's a Sunday night game, and you're not gonna know. Chargers coach North Turner insisted that Gates' absence on Friday's practice, Mike, it wasn't due to a setback with the multiple injuries. He said it didn't get worse. That he went through the walkthrough, it just doesn't help him to go two days in a row. So we'll see where he's at on Sunday. Turner indicated that Gates will be worked out before Sunday night's game, something he wasn't able to even do or attempt last week. And and we're looking at the Tribune and the writers there. They're not even speculating about Gates' chances of facing the Colts. So here's the best-case scenario if you are a Gates owner. The best-case scenario is that you have Randy McMichael on your team. If you don't have Randy McMichael, you're really screwed. You're really screwed because you're not – if Gates goes, you're going to miss out on 30 points if you don't put him in there. And if you do put him in there, keep Randy Michael just in case something goes wrong. Yeah. I, you know, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, with that game, though, uh, the one thing about it is if, if Gates isn't available, I still believe in uh, San Diego and what they've done in the second half of the last, what, three, four seasons under North Turner. So, Yep. If, if if Gates isn't available, that's all right, uh, because I think San Diego will uh, make a difference in this game, and uh, you know they're going to they're going to give Indy all they can handle. 
All right, we've got a couple more I'm going to hit really quick. Jacobs is obviously the starter. Bradshaw's been demoted. Not sure how long that'll last. I'd expect Bradshaw will still get his looks. The Jaguar pass defense has been notoriously bad. And even if the Giants run the ball off, and Eli's going to take some serious downfield looks to Manningham. So that's what we're hoping for. This St. Louis game has a 44-and-a-half over-under in Denver. You've got Amendola. You've got Gibson. The matchups are key for Gibson. He faces a Denver defense that's given up 20 passing touchdowns on Sunday. That He'll also see Arizona Week 13. And I really like Gibson to get a lot of work this week. You've got Lauren Robinson back. You've got Denario Alexander back. I think Gibson is the guy. And then finally, San Fran versus Arizona. I think Troy Smith is going to find holes in this, this Arizona defense, and Crabtree will get a touchdown, guys. It's all out of time. Five seconds, Mike. We don't have any more time. Good luck, buddy. All right. Take care. You've been listening to Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. Uh, the time just goes by too fast, Mike. I can't, I can't even get it all out. There's just too much here. Uh, I wanted to throw in the fact that uh, I, I love Chris Cooley this week as a tight end. I'm, I meant to say that. I love Chris Cooley this week. I don't blame you. I don't blame you with that. The way that matchup kind of looks to me, kind of like what we said earlier, I think McNabb is going to throw the ball all day. Keelan Williams isn't going to have anywhere run, and uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a McNabb to uh, Cooley type, uh, Santana Moss type game. Maybe even Armstrong will get his. The question is though, how many touchdowns can McNabb throw? I don't think he's had a game. He might have had one game with two touchdowns. Everything else has been like one touchdown a game. I I bet on him in Vegas, Mike, to get 16 touchdowns. I took the over. I thought 16 was a lock, but it's yeah, really I, not. I remember I'm, you I'm, saying I'm, that. I'm, I'm, and and, and yeah. how many how many does he have this year? Oh, I, I don't even have it in front of me, but I know he was just barely on pace for 16 if he stayed healthy, and so that was another another concern there. So, listen, this other game we didn't get a touch on a lot, Mike. It's Green Bay versus Atlanta. Now, most of the time you usually start all – I know we talked about Roddy and, and, and Ryan. You usually start all your Packers. Here's another situation where I think you even dig a little bit deeper with Green Bay. It's on the turf in Atlanta. I would start James Jones in this game also. The Falcons rank 24th in the league in passing yards allowed, and they'll likely have a lot of trouble with this Packers. I mean, look, it's a potent passing offense. So I really like James Jones to kind of step up, especially with Driver not looking good. He's not looking good. He's back, but he's really not back, is he? No, no, he's not back. I, you you have to rely on Jennings right now, uh, but you know Jennings Jennings is the guy that I would rely on. And uh, but I, I just I don't know. I, I think Atlanta is going to win this game. But uh, wow, forty seven and a half. That's a lot of points. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of points. It's the big. It's the second biggest total on the board behind uh, San Diego and Indy. So, and then you've got that. Then you've got that Philadelphia and Chicago game, Mike. And that's the Bears. They they have the best run defense in the league. I think I, I, what we're going to see here is Vic kind of air it out to Deshaun and to Macklin and get that kind of game going. And then Chicago's just going to try to do anything they can to keep Cutler's ass off the off the ground, right? I mean, that's what you've got to do. Yep. You got to keep Cutler standing upright, or you don't have any any chance of winning this game. In my in my uh, pool picks, and 
in two different leagues. I went ahead. I took Chicago in both of them. I think Chicago yeah. will win the game defense alone. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, I see the over and under 42, but uh, Matt Forte, he may do okay, but, uh, you know, they're just going to do the intangibles that uh, make Chicago wins this game. I, I just like Chicago to win the game. <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, good luck to you in all the leagues. I'm watching you in several dynasty leagues that I'm in with you and uh, hope to, you know, we almost, uh, we had, we had a red and blue uh, finale last year. Was it last year where I took down one, you took down the other, or was that two years ago? That was, uh, yeah, I took down one, you took down the other. That was pretty cool. So I'd like to see us, uh, I'd like to see us do that again, actually. So. Well, I'm going to go to, I'm going to a movie tomorrow and I haven't been to a movie in probably 10 years. What? What movie? Whoa. What movie? Secretariat. Oh, you know what? I, I would have, I could have pegged you for that. It's been out. It's been out forever. But uh, with my uh, with my aunt and uncle being in town, we're we're gonna meet in uh, in the East Louisville, and we're gonna go to the movie tomorrow about noon. Awesome. I can't wait I'm to see that myself. All right, Mike. Good luck. We'll talk to right, you later, man. Scott. All right.